Good morning or afternoon or evening, whenever it is that you're listening in today. Uh, maybe a hello, probably work there. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm here in the nave at Christchurch. Um, it's exciting to be here. It's a shame uh, that I'm not stood in front of your smiling faces, but hopefully, hopefully by us being here, um, you get a sense uh, that we're stepping towards, uh, we're one step closer to coming together, worship together once again, as we did before this lockdown. Um, today we're going to carry on a series of Being Christ Church, and I'll be talking uh, in a little while about the lost and the least. And before that, um, those of you that don't know me, my name's Phil. Uh, myself and my family have uh, more or less been here for about five years, just coming on five years. I started in the cafe just at the back of church here. Um, and uh, for the last two years, I've been training to be a priest in the Church of England. Uh, that time has sadly come to an end. Uh, my academics are almost finished. My placement here is finishing today. This is my last day uh, with you guys. And so, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for all of you who have given us your love and your kindness and uh, your encouragement, your time, your energy, your resource. Um, on our, whilst we've been on our journey here, it really is much appreciated. As were the gifts that we received this week, uh, the people brought around earlier in the week um, from your really, really kind. So thank you so much. Um, it, you will long live in our memories. Um, I'm... I'm not going too far to start with. I'm only going down the road about a mile away, actually, so hopefully I'll see you all around the place. I'm going to work with um, somebody most of you will know, which is the uh, Reverend Andy Reid, and we're really excited to join him in uh, All Saints in Newhall in a few weeks' time. So uh, as this was my last Sunday, um, the staff know full well that I'm I'm not really one for practical jokes or fancy dress or... um, Sorry, Hannah and Zoe, kids' action songs. I mean, nobody wants to see a grown man jumping. Sorry, Adrian. Um, you're really good, weren't you, the other week? Well um, Anyway, I decided that um, I was being cajoled into, you know, one of these things. So I thought, OK, I'll go fancy dress. So as you can see today, I'm in... Oh, hang on a minute. I'm in full fancy dress today. Um, I went all out. I hope you appreciate that. Um, if you don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what worry about it. Um, obviously, I wouldn't dress like this on a regular basis. Anyway, we um, we need to get about preaching. We need to get about the word today. So, um, if it's okay with you guys, yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna pray. So, Father God, I thank you for bringing each one of us today to this screen to this. Um, this time when, uh, despite the fact that we can't be together in person, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I believe you will speak to each one of our hearts today. And I pray that you encourage us with your love, Lord, as we study your words together. So may I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So um, we're going to carry on. Uh, with our series, as I said, being Christ Church, and I'm, we're going to go over again um, uh, the passage from Acts that you heard Sonia, um, my lovely wife, reading earlier, uh, so Acts 2, 42 to 47. And I want to start by um, highlighting verse 42, and then 47, and then we're going to we're, we're chunk through the bits in the middle straight after that. So first of all, uh, the NIV translation says it like this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
And then right at the end of this passage that we're looking at today, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, um, the first few chapters of Acts are fast-moving. The the chapters after this are really fast-moving. There's loads going on. It's like epic movie after epic movie. Um, There's a full box set of epic movies in Acts of the Apostles. Really encourage you to read it. But just for a moment, there's a pause. The writer Luke stops, and he basically describes what he can see is emerging. So there's a group of people, over 3,000 or so, that are gathering now. Um, They're not called Christians or... or, um, the church or anything like that they're just a group of people that are following Jesus and uh, he shows us what they look like okay so he describes what they look like what, by what they're doing and it's these four things and scholars call these the four principles that ought to govern our church and the four things and Pippa talked about this last week as well um, uh, devoted themselves to the apostles teaching uh, to fellowship or, or living in community, if you like, together, the breaking of bread, and in this case he's talking about the Eucharist or the Lord's Table, or the Lord's Supper in particular, taking communion together, and to prayer. So these four things were marking out these people as very, very different from any other people group in their culture at that time. Okay, so um, that's great, isn't it? But there's a little problem in this passage, and I don't know if you spotted it, but for me there's a real challenge here. Okay, right at the end of the passage it says, and the Lord added to the number, their number daily, those who were being saved. Now, um, I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel like the Lord is adding to our number daily here. Yes, we're, we're a growing church, we're a big church by some respects, and, um, and, and things are going well here. It feels like there's energy, there's movement, you know, and all of those kind of things. But this church here sounds like there's an explosion of believers coming, an explosion of new people coming. Now, this is actually happening in different parts of the world right now, today, in Latin America, in places in, in, in the Asia Pacific. But right now in Woking, it doesn't feel like this is reality. So I want to ask, why is that? Why is it, have, we, have we done something wrong? Are we doing something wrong? Or, or perhaps this is just for the early church. Perhaps this is not meant for us today, this kind of growth. Well, um, it is a challenging passage, and, and, it, and it's going to get harder. But let's, let's just start. I think there's a few keys in here as to why um, perhaps uh, the church as a whole, or Christ church itself, is not like exploding on a daily basis. So let's go back to verse 44 and we read in the NIV again. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Okay, that's okay. But um, I'm so glad that my wife read from the message this morning because I think the words in there, they're slightly different, but they carry so much more weight. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony. You know the challenge here, don't you? I feel challenged here. I'm, I'm not just preaching to you guys this morning, I'm preaching to myself. Well, I'm literally preaching to myself, but um, this is a challenge, the wonderful harmony. Okay, so it doesn't take long, does it, to think, hang on a minute, how can you expect us to live in wonderful harmony with everybody? That's impossible in this church. There's so many people here. And what about that guy? Can you, do you remember what he did to me? All those people over there, the way they live their life, I just don't, I can't, I can't abide that, I can't live with that. There's excuse after excuse, isn't there, as to why we don't have to live in wonderful harmony. The fact is, from what I can see in this passage, this could be one of the keys to God 
the good Lord adding to our number daily the fact that the community lived in wonderful harmony. Let's go on, actually, because it gets tougher. The next verse, verse 45, reads, They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as they had need. And there's more. 46, verse 46 reads, Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They went to church every day, folks. They went to church every day. And finally, verse 47, they broke bread together in the homes and ate together. This is not talking about communion this time. This is about a full meal. They weren't doing pastorates every other week or home groups every other week. They were meeting pretty much daily in each other's homes, sharing food together. I mean, that's, that's a high call, isn't it? That's, that sounds like a commitment, doesn't it, to community? But before we we beat ourselves up, let's just ease that pressure a bit here. We live in a completely different time and context. Okay, this church was at a different place. We're in a different town, in a different country, culture, everything. And please remember, Jesus did not come to give us more rules and more regulations and more things that we have to do. He came for one, to give us one new rule, and that's to love God and love each other. So let's not think we have to replicate what we see in the pages of Scripture here and do all of these things. But we do need to live by these principles uh, of fellowship and teaching and prayer and communion. Now let me step back and have a look at this wonderful harmony bit again. Because I really, really do think this is the key to unlocking the gates eventually to the lost and the least, which is what we should be talking about today. One psalm I love is Psalm 133. And if you hang around me long enough, you'll hear me uh, quote it, read it, sing it even. No, you won't hear me sing it. But you, you might hear me saying this. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. The message reads, it like, it reads like this. How wonderful. How beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. goes on to say at the end, for there, there in that unity, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. God loves unity. And where there's unity, there's blessing. That's unity in Christ, there's blessing. Disunity, no blessing. So harmony is difficult, isn't it? And uh, let's face it, we're in a, in a difficult time now. Lockdown, lockdown is interesting, uh, hard, um, uh, character building maybe, weird sometimes, painful for many. And well, uh, so many other things as well, isn't it? It's a strange time. But one thing I've noticed is, um, God has been speaking to me about recently is, or reminding me, I guess, I'm not the finished article. There's times when my behaviour at home, I'm sorry, has not been great. It has not been behaviour that has promoted harmony and peace. I found myself to be selfish and maybe unsympathetic, unforgiving maybe. And I'm sure my wife could give you an even longer list. Perhaps you're coping well with lockdown, but for us, it's difficult um, we are, of course, we're very blessed. We live in a lovely place and we have so many things easy. But my wife has a difficult job, a very pressurised job. I'm studying uh, to finish my um, academics for priesthood and it's tough, it's hard. It doesn't 
I find theology difficult. It's complicated. We have kids, there's homeschooling. Um, We have a wider family and wider family needs. It's definitely not easy, is it? In fact, a few weeks ago, my wife and I decided we needed to go and have a walk and clear the air a little bit and sort some things out. Don't get me wrong, our our marriage is great. I have an amazing wife. And my marriage is great because of my wife, generally. Anyway, um, we went for a walk and it was a beautiful, sunny evening uh, down by the river in Weybridge near where we live. And um, we walked and we prayed because actually when it got down to it, all we could do was pray. And we asked for healing and forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit came and gave us peace. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, a well-known German theologian, uh, well-known to students of theology anyway, um, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, which is an amazing read, by the way, uh, particularly for this subject of fellowship, um, he says that it's not a surprise in this passage that fellowship, doing, doing community, comes between word and sacrament. Basically, he's saying that we can't do community well without God. We can't do it well without seeking him continually, without keeping Jesus at the centre of our lives and keeping the apostles' teaching, our Bibles, if you like, at the centres of our lives. Community begins with worship. Now, if you think that um, the message of reading your Bible, of praying, of uh, doing communion together, of fellowshipping together is boring or humdrum, we should read these passages again. Let's be reminded, Adrian spoke a couple of weeks ago about Pentecost and about how the Holy Spirit came in power. So let's be a church that prays for the Holy Spirit to come in power again and to fuel our hearts with love and to fuel our imaginations so we can be passionate once again about the things of God. So just as Luke observes and like Bonhoeffer talks about, I'm suggesting that in order to live together, we need to put these principles right at the heart of our living. Now at the beginning of this talk, I said I was going to talk about the lost and the least, and, and I don't seem to have gone there yet. In fact, this passage doesn't seem to go there yet, which I find intriguing. Because as far as I was concerned, Jesus said his parting words to us were, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, get out there. Don't just holy huddle and hang on to each other, but go out there and bring the gospel to the world. Uh, William Temple said, who, he was a former Archbishop of Canterbury in the middle of the 20th century, he said, the church is the only organisation that does not exist for itself, but for those who live outside of it. A more contemporary writer, the pastor, American pastor Rick Warren, in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, starts his book with, it's not about you. He goes on. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfilment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose, for his purpose. The passage in Acts on first inspection looks like the early church where all they were doing was just hanging out together and not looking outside. But they weren't. The truth is they were searching for God. 
And in God, they found the purposes of their lives. And let me tell you, the purposes of their lives were to go out and gather the lost and the least. And the same purpose then for them is the same purpose for us today. It's to go out and find the lost and the least. Now, I don't know what you conjure up in your mind when we say that expression. It's, it may be those in poverty or, or the homeless or those who are suffering from social injustice or, or the list goes on, doesn't it? But actually, the loss to me are anybody, it's anybody who is not going in the right direction. And for us, for those of us that have met Jesus Christ, we know the only direction, the only right way is Jesus Christ himself and to follow him. So maybe I'm labouring the point. But let's just imagine for one moment that we do genuinely devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We devote ourselves to reading the scriptures and finding out who we are. We find out who we are also in the fellowship of our community. And in the breaking of bread, when we come to the Lord's table, we meet with the Lord Jesus Christ and we remember that he is central to all that we do and all that we are and when we pray we can bring heaven on earth as we connect with the almighty creator God so let's just imagine that there's no unmet needs as it says in the Acts 42 passage here there's no unmet needs in our community Let's imagine that the the community of believers spills out into the whole of Woking and there's no unmet needs, unmet needs in the whole of Woking. What a different place that would look if we lived at peace and harmony with each other. That would be a picture, a glimpse of heaven, the new heaven and the new earth that will come to pass. You know, the gospel hasn't changed. God's power has not diminished. People still need to find Jesus. What are we doing about that? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I come to you on behalf of all those listening today who know you by name and call themselves your disciples. Fill us once again with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your love and your compassion for all people inside and outside the church. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live alongside one another, showing the world a glimpse of how perfect and wonderful your kingdom will look like in the fullness of time. Lord, and I pray for those who are listening today who don't know you as their saviour, who have not experienced your transforming love, Fill them too with your spirit and whisper in their ear so that they know your voice and know of the love that you offer them as your heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing at Christchurch and all you'll be doing in the future. I pray that you bless each and every one of us and those we love as we go about your kingdom business. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.